welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We are joined by Robertson Vire. Been a long time, my man. Robertson, what is up? Not much, man. Glad to be back on. Um, you know, you came back on my show, yep. me and Ben's show last weekend or last week before Super Bowl. And now I just, you know, I'm glad to be on your show. You know, it's we're just we're kind of swapping places, you know, and it's and a, all it's that. a home I'm and home, it. as they call it. It's it's a great time. Um, real quick, I should have asked you this before I hit record, but I'm just going to do it now. Whatever you and Ben have an odds on favorite episode coming out this week, I assume doing mm-hmm. a little bit of Super Bowl recap, at least, if not Absolutely. a lot of it. Absolutely. All right. So if you've come to the Simon Short podcast today to look for home run hitting analysis on the Super Bowl, just really diving in deep to every play, whether it's a touchdown pass, a fumble, a, a referee blown whistle, whatever you want, uh, you're in the wrong place. We're not going to do that tonight. But what you should do is go to the Phantom Football podcast feed, hear an immediate reaction from me and Ben Parker, who's been on the last couple of weeks, and then you should go to the odds on favorite podcast feed or vice versa. I don't care which one you go to first, just go to both where Robertson and Ben are going to have more of a, a couple days out recap. Look, look back at the Super Bowl. If you want Super Bowl analysis, go listen to those shows here. We're going to talk about something much more important, much more prevalent in the NFL. One could say the most important thing when it comes to team building in the NFL, if you want to win a Super Bowl, and that's backup quarterbacks, obviously, naturally, right, Robertson? I mean, what else? What else do you need? I mean, I won't. I won't give out the old saying right now, but yes, backup quarterback position is pretty. Uh, is pretty important, even though I know there was sarcasm in that statement. Um, yeah, man. I mean, if your guy gets injured, you need a guy to steady the ship. So I feel like it is important. I know there was sarcasm in that statement, and I completely understand that. You know, we're we're. This is going to be some absolute nonsense, some of this, but um, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to talk about it, but yes, it is important. It needs to be talked about. And why not now? Why not now? I mean, look, honestly, backup quarterback content is is popping right now. Chad Henney, longtime great, Super Bowl champion, just retired right after the Super Bowl. Taylor Heineke, uh, I believe, was just on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I want to start. I want to start. But backup quarterback's the best job you can have, man. And and just, you know, that's the what that's the vibe you get from a lot of these backup quarterbacks. You're you're the you're the starting guy's best friend. You're his confidant. You're an assistant coach. You uh, on occasion get to play, but you don't have any pressure. Um, and in a year, in the year of 2022, where the backup quarterback felt so prevalent, you can go from Brock Purdy to Jimmy G to Cooper Rush all the way back at the beginning of the year, Mike White, Gardner yeah. Minshew for a game. Um, and so many more Josh Dobbs fighting to try to get the Titans into a play into the playoffs. Uh, the backup quarterback felt as important as ever this season. Robertson and I are here to dig into the position, dig into some of the names, um, and just figure out like, Hey, really how important is it? Because, and we'll talk about this more later, but there's been two schools of thought. It feels like at least in the time that I've been really paying attention to the NFL, that are most well known but i think there's a lot of in between that we're going to hit too and and those two schools of thought were back in the indianapolis colt days with peyton manning where they consistently never had a good backup quarterback and they knew it and they said if peyton gets hurt we're screwed anyways why does it matter um which is why when you went to play madden and you went to put the backup quarterback in he was always a 56 and it was always (laughs) some generic guy with the same haircut even though it might have been a different player every year i have no idea 
or hey, you have don't Philip... don't disrespect Jim Sorgi like that. Don't disrespect Sorgi. him. <laughs> that's the name. That's the guy. Uh, or you have Howie Roseman and the Eagles, who we just saw make it to the Super Bowl with a guy who was their backup just a couple years ago. They won it five years ago with their backup quarterback, or as they would say, quarterback two, not a backup quarter, our second quarterback. So there, there's two the really extreme schools of thought. There's a lot of in between we're going to dive into. So basically, Robinson, where I want to start, what I want to ask you is to you, after seeing this season and watching football for a long time, what is the role of the backup quarterback as you see it? For me, the role of the backup quarterback is the least amount. So just going to take you through a scenario here. You're, you're, you're in the middle of a tough game. It's, it's a must have, it's a win. Like the, it's a must win that, that your, your, that your team is in and your quarterback is, is playing a pretty good game. You know, he's not playing out of his mind. He's just playing decent enough to keep you competitive. And then all of a sudden, like midway through the fourth quarter, important drive, he gets injured. Now, who you got to go your backup, obviously. So who do you got back there? Like, do you have some, are you counting on some young gun to step in and really try to will your team to win? Or you have a, a experienced seasoned veteran back there. So the role for me is that scenario where I need at least steady production. It's not guaranteed at all, even with a starter, but, it's guaranteed or it's it's solid production for what your obviously value is important as well, but it's solid production and it's the least amount of drop off. Um, especially as far as, you know, game plan and, and, and the playbook goes, you don't want like a drastic drop off where, okay, if it's a young guy, we got to cut the field in half here, one read or and go or, or throw it away or get to your check down. Um, or if you're more of a if you if you're like with the Ravens, for example, if you have Lamar Jackson there, obviously Tyler Huntley is the perfect backup for that team because it's the least amount of drop off and they don't have to change the game plan of the playbook because they play a similar style. Now, obviously, the talent's very different, mm-hmm. but they're the same style of quarterback. And you can get into that a little bit too, where it's like, okay, do we have the same style or do we get like more of a complimentary guy where it's like he can do some of the similar things, but he brings you know, if we have a statue for the starter, maybe this guy can use his legs a little bit more. To me, that's kind of a team-by-team team preference thing. But generally speaking, you want the least amount of drop-off from your starter to your backup in terms of playbook, game plan. But you still need them to be that steady, like steady the ship. Yeah, uh, completely agree. The the I, I call I call the Tyler Huntley Lamar Jackson relationship. The, the JV starter uh, <laughs> uh, archetype, which we'll get into and, and we'll dive a little deeper in. But yeah, the how much do you value that being able to run the exact same thing? Or is that a little to the Peyton Manning idea where it's this guy's never going to run it as well. So should we have something else they can run? And, and like everything with team sports and just about everything, it depends on the other stuff you have around you. If you have a young team who you spent all training camp and all preseason installing this offense and they, they're just figuring it out and it's taken them six, seven, eight weeks to figure it out. And then in week nine, the quarterback goes down. Can you at the drop of a hat change what you're doing in that game? No, of course not. You probably won't be able to change anything at that point. Do you have a team that 
has been together for years and has played through maybe two or three iterations of offense already. And now at a moment's notice, they could switch up the game plan and, and run a new set of plays and it wouldn't be as extensive, but could they run 10 to 12 different plays for this backup? Yeah. Some, a team like that could. So I think it depends on your team as well. Um, my biggest thing that I want from a backup quarterback, because you can have all those conversations about how much production versus how steady versus how you play versus what plays you call. I think that's very team to team. My big thing is, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> I need right. somebody that I can trust to end drives with kicks, right? I need a punt. I need a field goal. I need an extra point. What, However we have to do that. Because either way, whatever archetype we follow, whatever game plan we follow, you're just not as good as our starter. I'm sorry, you're not. Even if you're in Philadelphia and you're the second quarterback, you're the second quarterback for a reason. You're not as good as the starter. So if I'm already working with that, now, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean I think all backup quarterbacks suck. But if you're not as good, there's already that drop-off that you're talking about. And now don't make it worse, right? If there is now a hole in the ship, don't make the hole any bigger, all right? How can you plug it up as best you can? How can you minimize the damage that's going to happen as a result of it? And you do that by you take care of the ball, you hand the ball off, you get the ball to your playmakers, and then you put your defense in good positions, a la Brock Purdy all season long for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, let's dive into some of those archetypes. We, we've kind of hinted at most of them. So basically the way I framed this, this question here was, let's say this is Madden. And I don't even know if Madden does this as much, but let, let's just say we're playing a video game. And we have to create our backup quarterback from scratch, right? And, and it does the thing where you have the sliders in terms of, attributes and size and personality and all this stuff and at the end of toggling all these switches and turning these dials you come up with an archetype right a, a generic phrase that defines your backup quarterback you know what would that be so there there's a few i think that we've each made up or, or have heard or that's common lingo or, or whatever um what's the first one that you kind of thought of when i when i gave you this question so I actually had to look at this because I haven't played any of the new Maddens recently. I'm more of a, one of the old Madden guys. Um, but I saw one that really kind of spoke to what I really want personally. Like if I was building a team, um, I want my guy to be like kind of like a combination of an improviser and a field general. Like I want a guy that essentially, and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, I want kind of like a Taylor Heineke type that's about two or three inches taller and it's got instead of a C arm, a B arm. And that's to me, that's the perfect backup. He has, he's got guts. He can, you know, scramble out of the pocket. He can make his own offense, um, but he knows the playbook in and out. He has very high NFL or, uh, you know, football IQ. Um, and he's not afraid of anything and he's decent in pocket. I think pocket awareness is huge too. I think that that is also something that kind of goes, yeah. Um, unnoticed yeah. from starter to to backup is pocket awareness. And I feel like Taylor Hanke specifically, he has pretty good pocket awareness and yeah. not a lot of backups do because whether it's a feel thing and if you're just not in there a lot, you, you lose that feel. I've heard that. Um, and that's, again, I feel like that's an important thing that needs to be paid attention to a little bit more. It's like, okay, is this guy, is, can he feel pressure, especially coming cold off the bench? 
and having like, you know, not really much practice time. Um, so that would be my general archetype would be like some, somewhat of a, of an improviser and a, a field general. Like, can you, can you create if things break down? Like does everything need to be perfect for you? Not my backup quarterback. I need a guy that can face adversity and still be productive. I think that's huge. And, and yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, that mobility in the pocket, the pocket awareness, but that's such a good point because we just saw Josh Johnson, right? For the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Now, granted, fourth quarterback on the depth chart, and he just joined the team, I don't even know, three weeks ago, three days ago. I don't know at this point, but that that feel of how much are you back there with that line? How much are you back there with anybody doing anything? And, and yep. you know if you want to flip it to the defense, when the defense sees a backup come in, they're coming. Those are bulls that see red. They are blitzing this guy because they want to test exactly what you were talking about. What's their feel? What's their comfort in the pocket? So you're probably going to have even more pressure on you than you would if you were to start the game, more than likely. They want to test you, see how you do. Maybe after you know you scramble around a couple of times and throw for a couple first downs or get out of the pocket and scramble, maybe they'll turn it down. But those first couple of snaps – they're going to come out of backup. That is for sure. So I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask, we, we can go ahead and, and do this a little bit here, the Taylor Heineke thing, because I, I think he was what kind of spawned us wanting to do this at some point. We started talking about doing this podcast back around Christmas, I think. But yeah, um, yeah it's been a while. <laughs> that idea of a gunslinger, right? And that's where in my, because I, I like Taylor Heineke. I like him as a backup. I have him as one of the top ones. I think any team should want to get him as a backup at this point. Um, but that idea of, okay, is he a little too much of a gunslinger? Does he not quite have the arm for the mentality that you want in a backup? I think you can actually deal with that a little more if that's your starter because you can game plan around that. You can make that part of the team's you know identity, basically. You, you know you're going to have a couple interceptions every couple of games because that's the play style. But to me, like I said, that backup, I'm so worried about the interception. So just while you're thinking about that, you know, you're talking about improviser and field general. Um, are you worried if you know your backup kind of has that gunslinger mentality as well? It Like, like I said earlier, I think it depends on, on team style, play style and coaching staff as well. Um, I know for a fact, and I could be biased when I'm saying this stuff, but, you know, I'm a commander fan for all those that don't know. Um, I know that Taylor Heineke drives Ron Rivera absolutely crazy. Like, for whatever reason, Ron Rivera cannot stand Taylor Heineke, even though he keeps giving the ball, but he's very quick to take it away. And he it drives him crazy because he has no idea what the heck he's going to do. Um, if you had, you know, an offensive-minded coach, like a – maybe not a Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle Shanahan is a control freak as well, but maybe if you had like an Andy Reid – Mm -hmm. or you know maybe a pete carroll that likes kind of like the flashy guys likes the mm -hmm. improv improvisation like that russell wilson had had and to appoint geno smith this this year um you know they'd be cool with that you're like okay yeah go go do your stuff um so i feel like i feel like it would depend on you know the offense that's being run and the coaching staff and their willingness to deal with to deal with that situation it's you're getting a lot of positives, Taylor Heineke. You're also getting a lot of negatives. 
because of that gunslinger mentality. But I feel like this past year specifically, we've seen it kind of toned down a bit. His, I mean, he still threw it up, you know, to double, triple coverage at times. But I feel like even if you had like other backups, that's still going to happen occasionally. It's it's the other it's the other moments where it's like okay when he was an indie and he threw that you know bomb to Terry because he just trusted it he's like F mm-hmm. it Terry's down there somewhere he trusts his his playmakers which is huge because not all the backups are willing to do that they're like okay the game plan says go here but you know that's not going to get it done you got to go to your playmaker so again it, it can you live with that. That's all, all going to depend on the coaching staff, in my opinion. It's a very smart answer. And before I give what I hope will be a smart response, I have a dumb question. And that is, yep. will has a meme or will a meme ever translate from being a meme to real football analysis more than F it, X receiver is down there somewhere? Um, It has translated very well, honestly. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a couple I – mean, even, like, you look at Derek Carr this past year with Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. He did that many times this year. Yep. Um, Patrick Mahomes pretty much coined the term with Tyreek Hill. Yep. like, you know, F it. He's down there somewhere. Um, and we've seen that with I, other quarterbacks. It just never, uh-huh. like, that That was said. It's just kind of like meme culture, you know. But It's been – it's been, I hear it on so many podcasts now. Eventually, I think I've heard variations of it on a broadcast at some point, too. At some point, we're just going to get the full thing on a broadcast. I can't wait. Um, To to respond to that, uh, definitely. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I specifically wanted to look this up. His interception percentage did go down this year from 3% to 2.3%, so almost a full percentage point less, which I think is pretty significant. I haven't really compared it to, you know, other guys around the league, but I think that's a little bit of him going from essentially, you know, going from being the starter last year and saying, I'm going to play my game, and not saying that he like walked in and was going to take control, but just like this is how I know how to be the quarterback too. Okay, I'm the backup now. I have a shorter leash. I have to, you know, my role as the backup is to execute yada yada. And we saw that percentage go down. So I, I think there is something to that. I think that mindset of now being the backup, and I think also for Heineke, he had a little bit of, you know, like some 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 stock build up right being there right. He, plays in the playoff game in 2020 starter in 2021 everybody you know i i talked about how like a veteran team that knows what they're doing and knows how to play together can kind of toggle between the two game plans right i think it's the same thing here okay taylor's in well we know how taylor plays all right let's go do it um whereas you know joe schmo backup who who's kind of bouncing from team to team just hoping he stays in the league uh, is is with a team for the first time for the first year, has to just do his job, might not take as many risks. So I think Taylor Heineke is a really interesting example. And when we talk about, you know, will he stay in Washington? Will he go somewhere else? Seeing what he plays like in those circumstances, should he play, will, will be interesting. Um, all right. I have some crazy – yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention, too, I think a big part of him, I think that should be in any quarter or any backup quarterback that a team is looking for is – he understands his role. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he like he wants to start. Obviously, he's he said that if you're not if you're a backup and you don't want to start, then what are you doing? You know, like you should be working to to improve yourself and eventually be the dream. And it's a dream job getting paid to sit on a bench and pretty much do nothing. <laughs> but you know, he understands his role, 
And, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later again with some of these backups, maybe having a little bit of an ego, um, you know, maybe causing some drama. Taylor, he- Taylor Heineke will never do that. He'll never do that. And there's I think there's other quarterbacks on this list that we're going to talk about that are the same way where they know their role. They're comfortable in their role, but they are ready. And yeah. that is a prime character trait that is needed, I think, in a backup quarterback. You don't want a Mox back there. Mox uh, from from Varsity Blues studying, wants to go to Brown, <laughs> wants to be a doctor, doesn't want to play quarterback, then has to get into the game. Those pesky guys at practice throwing him a ball when he's trying to study. You know, you don't want that. Um, <laughs> love Varsity Blues. Love it. Uh, let's see. Do you have any more archetypes that you wanted to hit? Because I have some some crazy ones that I think will be fun to talk about. But if you have some some real serious ones again or any fun ones, I'd like to hear them. No, that's just the ones that I would want personally. Again, I think it depends on play style. Like, you know, like as we said with the Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley situation, that are obviously scramblers and running quarterbacks. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you if that's your style, you know, you, you need to have a similar style quarterback. Maybe not. I mean, if Taylor, Tyler Huntley goes elsewhere, they're not going to find a super fast quarterback, but they're going to find someone comparable that can use their legs. So to me, it's all about coaching staff and style, but I'd love to hear yours. So, so I'll say that one first JV starter, Tyler Huntley was who I had. I actually think Huntley can do a little more in the passing game. I actually think Lamar can too. So I think I would like, if he were to stay, I'd like to open up the passing game a little more, but not really because I'm a Steeler fan. Um, <laughs> but it would be interesting to see either of those guys out of that, out of that offense. But that is one we've talked about it. You know, you could just say who's most like our starting quarterback that we can afford and convince to be a backup. That guy, okay, bring him in, give him the exact same playbook. It's not different to anybody else on the field. Boom, seamless transition. Uh, another one I have: the longtime veteran backup quarterback slash QB coach with pads. Uh, this would be the Chase Daniel archetype. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen him throw a ball in, in real life uh, in the NFL. I, I remember. Uh, some some Sports Illustrated covers of him back in college. Uh, that's that is it. I've never actually seen him hold a football since then. It's been a clipboard ever since. Uh, but he's I, I think he's probably the the goat of making money being a backup quarterback, and he's going to keep doing it for a while. It feels like. Um, so maybe now that Kellen Moore is the OC in in, uh, in LA with the Chargers. You can just be like, look, man, this is all you got to do. Just be a backup until someone offers you a, a coaching job, and this is the life. This is the best thing you can do. Um, that's one. Uh, another one, the best friend slash mentor, if if it's an older relationship. I, I wrote down Blaine Gapper in this one because it seemed like him and Tom Brady just had a great relationship. That It's your pal. It's the guy you can go to when you throw an interception and you're pissed. You don't want to talk to a coach. Coach is making you mad. Receiver's making you mad. This guy's just gonna let you blow off some steam, maybe yell at him a little bit and and help you laugh it off at some point. Um, or it's, you know, if that age difference is there, it's the mentor and it's the, hey, I'm gonna pull you aside, I'm gonna help you out when you're frustrated. That's a that part, the mentor is a little different than the longtime veteran backup. Because if Justin Herbert throws an interception, and maybe he would, but but let's just say he throws an interception. Chase Daniel isn't the one pulling him to the side and saying, hey, man, hey, young man, this is how you got to do this, right? Chase Daniel looking up at Justin Herbert, eight inches taller than him, with a mm-hmm. cannon arm. Chase Daniel's never been a starter. 
you know, you that you don't have that same kind of relationship, that same sort of bravado. I, I don't think in that kind of instance. Um, but that mentor where it's a, a young guy who's still trying to figure some stuff out and it's a backup who maybe has played a little bit, something like that. That kind of leads to the former starter slash high level former high level player. Um, not that he was a super high level player, but Joe Flacco on the Jets. I mean, the guy won a freaking Super Bowl, right? And, and now he's just yeah. Rolling along as a backup in, in various places, uh, getting, you know, people rooting for him to come in and actually play games in, in some instances. Um, that's one you could go with it. If that guy is truly ready to step aside and be a backup and mentor, we'll see if Matt Ryan maybe steps into a similar role. Uh, and then the last one I had here was recent starter looking to rejuvenate their career. And, and right now, an instance like that would be a Mitch Trubisky. Um, it was Marcus Mariota a couple years ago with the Raiders and, you know, Mitch Trubisky again last year as well with the with the Bills. So, funnily enough, um, do any of those stand out to you in terms of being good, being bad, uh, being the best, anything like that? I can't. I think it depends on the situation because obviously, if you if you just drafted a, a quarterback, you're going to want that that mentor, um, you know, type of backup at least as your third string, if not your second string. Um, I would, I would say third string personally, because, you know, he might not be ready. So you want like kind of like a bridge type quarterback to step in versus a chase Daniel that doesn't really usually get a lot of playing time. You don't know if you can count on him really or not. You know, he knows the offense in and out, but that may or may not, you know, help on the field with your team. So I like that type. I think that's important as then each team has their own situation with young quarterbacks. And I feel like that's necessary for that role. I feel like that role goes under underlooked and is undervalued a lot with these uh, younger guys that come in. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Quarterback coach got them. Offense coordinator got them, you know, whatever. They're all right. Not really, not in my opinion. Um, You know, we, we've seen it before where, you know, Brett Favre was a cranky old guy that didn't like Aaron Rodgers, and there was friction there, but, he learned from them, you know, whether they liked each other, hated each other, we will never know for sure, but he learned from them. Um, you know, Jimmy G sat under Tom Brady. They probably didn't, weren't the best of friends, but they got along enough that Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G learned enough from them. And there's a couple other examples of uh, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. You don't, you don't think Patrick Mahomes didn't learn from Alex Smith at all. I dare, I, I, I challenge you on that one. I'm not saying Alex Smith made Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> that role. He, he picked is, up a thing or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. So we've seen the mentor roles, at least from starting quarterbacks, older starting quarterbacks to younger ones. I feel like it's as important for there to be a guy underneath of him, more or less, that can do act as the same thing for that young quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to keep coming back to this theme of, it depends on your team and situation. And and the more and more I, I look at this and think about it, you feel like, okay, this guy would be a good fit here, this guy there, whether it's based on the coaching staff, the quarterback, how good the team is, all of that. But the most important thing, I think you're right, it goes back to this person just can't have an ego. They have to be ready for anything, but they can't come in and, and say, I, you know, I should be starting over this guy because – in any of these archetypes, the, the most important thing is, is, is creating at least an environment 
with the starter and with the whole team where everyone is in a good place, right? That the team that's trying to win football games and potentially win a Super Bowl can't be worried about the backup quarterback going off and saying something or yeah. starting any kind of friction or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. So I guess, you know, before we get into our like tiers and rankings, just through the, that little, you know, even just 20, 25 minutes kind of talking through this, how important is the backup quarterback? Are, are you more to the Colts Peyton Manning philosophy side where we're screwed either way? So why do anything with it or towards the Eagles, Howie Roseman side of, we don't have a backup. We have a second quarterback. So my preference would be the Howie Roseman, you know, having that Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew uh, dynamic there. But I hate to sound like a broken record. It depends on the cap situation with these teams, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Obviously, in my – yeah. And in my opinion, of course you want – in my opinion, like I would want a Jacoby Brissett, an Andy Dalton, a Taylor Heineke to be my backup. I feel like every team should want – that kind of guy to be their backup, but you might not be able to afford them <laughs> if you have a lot invested in your, mm-hmm. if you have a Patrick Mahomes type of contract or a Deshaun Watson or a, you know, a Dak Prescott, you have that kind of contract on your books and you have to build around them, then you're not going to be able to afford guys like that. So again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's really good to depend on the cap situation, but ideally I would want, you know, a solid backup quarterback and not just wing it if the, my guy gets injured, especially if I have, if he has a penchant for being injured. I think to to the idea of, okay, if you're pressed up against the cap, because otherwise, yeah, I want one of these top five guys because they can normally fall into any of these categories, right? If I need them to play, great. If I need them to be a best friend, great. If I need them to be a mentor, great. So whatever they need to be these really top of the end top of the line guys can do it um a a method that i like that i've thought more about in the last year or so and i forget it might have been you that that talked to me about this is what the patriots did with bailey zappy yeah i have if the rest of your team is in good shape and, and maybe it's because you're up against the cap or just because you have extra draft picks if you feel like you've got your good number one guy, now of course that situation went off the rails a little bit, but at the end of the day, you have your first round quarterback that you feel good about that. That's your franchise guy. If you want to take a fourth rounder, maybe even a third rounder, maybe a fifth and anything on day three and say, we think there's a guy here that we can mold into being a long-term backup, you know, through a rookie contract, uh, whether it's because whatever archetype he fits in, but we think he he can step in and play. We think he won't have an ego. We think he can be, you know, a, a good uh, partner to the the starting guy. I think that's worth a draft pick, and it helps with the if you're in a bad cap situation. I would rather do that because uh, ostensibly, if I'm in a bad cap situation, it's because I'm paying a quarterback, right? Now, if I'm in a bad cap situation and I have a quarterback on a rookie deal, I probably have some other things to think about, or I'm in that Peyton Manning camp where I'm like, got the rookie QB. I'm spending a lot of money on everybody else. You know, screw it. We'll see what happens. Um, But otherwise, you know, if everything else is kind of hunky dory, I don't think there's anything wrong with going out and drafting a guy who could potentially be that long-term backup. Cause yeah, it helps you with the cap. And, and, you know, in theory, if you're like the Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, They've got their guy. You don't have to worry about it. Their cap situation is what it is. It's not the worst. It's not the best. If they went out in the draft in April and spent a fourth-round pick on a quarterback, you'd be like, 
sure, the rest of their team is solid and and yeah. this guy can just slide in and, and you know, maybe he's a little better than Chris Oladokun, who's the third quarterback on this team, which I know because the Steelers drafted him and didn't play him in training camp or preseason and then cut him. So great draft pick there. Um, <laughs> but if he's better than him and he can be the quarterback for four years for Patrick Mahomes behind, you know, behind him, great. That That's a great way to do it. Um, so a lot of options. Yeah, it depends on the team. But I think we both lean towards it's a it's a little more important than the Colts side in those years. Um, all right, let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get into the crazy yeah. wackiness. We are here to rank backup quarterbacks, which is weird. This yeah. really started the last time Robertson came on to do our quarterback rankings. And I was worried about Robertson because he messaged me probably the night before and said, hey, how many quarterbacks did you rank? I was like 30, 32. Maybe I did 33 because, you know, whether it was for Mike White or or Trey Lance and Jimmy G, that situation, whatever it was. It was about midseason. I was like 32, 33. Why? And he was like, I, you know, got close to 50. And I was just, what? <laughs> yeah. I got close to 50. What are you talking about? I was like, oh, well, I did some of the backups because, you know, some guys have played, you know, this year. And I think I jokingly said, well, we'll do a whole separate podcast for backups. And here we are. Um, it came <laughs> yep. to fruition. Uh, so we are ranking backups and then I've turned the tables on you because I've messaged you last night and I have about mm -hmm. 46 names written down here. I don't think I actually ranked all 46, but pretty close. Um, we're, we're not going to go through necessarily all 46 names, at least definitely not detail, but let's start with this. We broke these up into tiers. Yep. How many tiers did you end up going with? <laughs> <laughs> which is already going to be a funny answer. And how did you yeah. break up those tiers? Is it literally just tier one, these are the best guys, and tier three, these are the worst guys? Or are there categories to them? How did you do this? Well, I will I will explain it to you by just naming my tiers, okay? okay. That's, a, that's smart. That's smart. <laughs> okay, so tier one is the quote-unquote top tier. Um, those are your bridge quarterbacks. You know, the guys that you feel confident in playing a six to eight game stretch or even a whole season if necessary and still staying competitive. If you have a really good team, especially a good offense, then you have a chance at a playoff berth. And those are my tier, my tier one guys. They're the bridge quarterbacks. Usually they're brought in if there's a rookie, uh, a top rookie draft picked until the guy's ready. Uh, tier two is like the spot starter, the true backup, like the essence of what a quarter, a backup quarterback is. You know, they're in there for two to four games at most. Um, you feel pretty confident they can go 500, um, but you don't really want them starting much more than that. Um, tier three, this is just kind of a funny one. Uh, how are they still here? Like, why are they still here? I have that tier. It's not very long, but, you know, there's just some backup quarterbacks out there. It's like, wait, he's still in the league? Like, how is this dude still around? Um, then I have uh, tier four, which is the young and hopeful. Those are pretty much the majority yeah. of your your third string and practice squad quarterbacks that may never see the field, but you know they're they're working and if they're given a shot, maybe they try to make the most of it. I mean that's what happened with Taylor Heineke. That's what happened with mm -hmm. some of these other backups, where they got a shot and they made the most of it, and they're having a successful Chase Daniel. Um, and then my final tier, I don't really know how to rank this tier. It's the unknown. Like what are you right now? Mm -hmm. and that consists of mostly second year guys like guys going in that are about to get ready to go into their second year 
Um, and then veterans that are kind of lost in the ether right now where we don't know what they are. Like they used to be starters, but they are no longer starters. So what kind of, where do they fall in these tiers? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they going to fall in these tiers? Are they just going to retire? Or are they just going to go do TV? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. So, and that's like a sub tier of that unknown tier, but that's how I have mine structured. That makes a lot of sense. I have some overlap with that. So, so that makes me feel good for how this is going to go. Um, I want to guess three names that you have in that. Who is this guy? What do you, what exactly do you do here tier that last one you mentioned? Cause I think I, I think I have a good idea about at least three of them and I have them all in different tiers of my own. So, so just give me a yes or no. If this guy is in that tier and I have three names, Matt Ryan. No, he's in my unknown tier. Cause okay. I don't know what he's going to be doing. Like, is he going to just going to go to a backup role? Is yeah, he going yeah. to retire? Is, go that, to TV? is that the into the ether tier? Yes. That's like, okay. Yeah. yeah that's what, ether. yeah, th- these are the ones I'm trying to guess. So, so Matt yeah. Ryan's one, Nick Foles. Yeah, he's in my what are you still doing here too. <laughs> okay. All right. There's a little overlap between these. And then uh Carson Wentz. He's in my, you know, is he gonna retire? Is he gonna accept a backup role? Is he gonna go to TV? That he's in that yeah. veteran sub tier of the unknown. Like what 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 is this dude now? So before before I went and did my tiers and before I give you my tiers. Um, those three guys are very interesting because I broke, I broke everybody down by their contract situation first to try and determine exactly, yeah, what is the career projection of this guy? So I had the under contract and improbable backups, the guys that are on rosters, uh, they're under contract for next year and all signs indicate that this will probably be the backup or they at least have a really good route to being the backup for that team. I have the under contract and probably not backup tier. Um, which is kind of those third string young guys practice squad group. The that's normally where those guys ended up in my actual tiers. I have the under contract, maybe, maybe not staying. And I have those three guys, the Marcus Mariota I have in here because he's technically under contract. Zach Wilson, who is just like a wow TBD. I have no idea. Um, and and then Jameis Winston falls in this tier, yeah. uh, or 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 contract sub sub-tier grouping whatever and then there's about you know 15 to 20 free agents we could talk about again we're not going to hit all these guys but um just so i started with that i started with the contract situation for these guys and that under contract weird maybe maybe not i had seven names on that one so so it'll be interesting to see how that uh that ranks for you but i essentially had the same tiers i had the borderline starters these are the guys that if the right situation pops up, they might sign somewhere where they're competing for a starting job or they win one in week four of the regular season, something like that happens. Um, or they're, yeah, you, you just feel like that this guy could be a starter, whether he's a backup for a year or, or longer. Tier two is the good backup. So exact same thing as you. This is your true, true, through and through backup. This is a backup guy. You hope to go 500 in a handful of games. You're terrified if he's your long-term starter for the season. And then, then I broke tier three up into A and B. So tier three A is your interesting young guy. Yeah, I'll take a flyer on this guy. I kind of want to see how he develops. I I know I'll probably lose games if he ends up being the starter, but for my team situation, it might be worth it to see him start nine games just to see what he is, right? If we're going to be bad to mediocre anyways, I at least want to see what I have in this guy. And then 3B is just meh. Like, yeah, they're yeah. around. They'll probably end up somewhere. 
I don't know how you feel about it. You could feel good. You could feel bad. I, I wouldn't feel great. But again, I got to, I got to tier three B and thought to myself, do I really care enough to separate out the like bad situation from like, what's a good situation of one of these guys as my starter. If this guy right. starts, you're not getting anything. It's probably ugly football to watch. You're probably losing games. It's not forward thinking at all. Um, yeah, some of these guys are the wow. This guy's still in the league, um, so we'll we'll touch on a couple of those. So let's start with your tier one. Just give me all the names. Who? How many people do you have in this tier? First off, actually, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hey, I have eight guys in my bridge okay. quarterback tier. I have like thirteen. I didn't know what to do with my fourteenth, but I wrote a fourteenth in here. So it'll be interesting to see who you have. So who do you have in this tier? So there, there's a couple guys I wanted to include in here, but the more I thought about it, it's like, man, do I really trust him at this stage in their careers to really mm-hmm. be that guy that I can yeah. trust going forward? And there's going to be a notable omission. I guarantee you're going to mention him. Okay. So, right. but my, my, my bridge quarterbacks are Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke, Andy mm-hmm. Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Tyrod Taylor and Mitch Trubisky. We definitely have a few that are different. Will you say all those again? I know this is so, great podcasting, but I, I really care about this now. Yeah. So <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. Yep. Taylor Hines. I have him. Yep. Andy Dalton. I do not have him here. Marcus Mariota. I also Gardner don't have him here. I have him. Gardner Minshew. Yep. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Yep. Tyrod Taylor. And Mr. Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is my like half in, half out. So I'll go in with you. Uh, it's fine. I'm good with that. All right. So I have five of your seven, six of your eight, something like that. Right. Now, I wanted to initially when I did this list, like it was it's kind of like how we did our original quarterback rankings. It was kind of like, OK, like without looking into numbers, like who do I want? Like as my bridge quarterback, I just like try to think of all the bridge quarterbacks I could want. Mm hmm. And initially, I included Teddy Bridgewater in there, but mm-hmm. he's really only been good at one of the, his backup stops that he's been on. I think he's he's been in Denver, he's been in Carolina, he's been in New Orleans, and he's been in Miami. He's really only been somewhat impressive in New Orleans, and even then, I would debate you on his effectiveness there. I think he was, just had a really good roster around him. I don't think he's that guy anymore. I don't even think he's that yeah. good of a backup anymore. I mean, he's a solid backup, but... If he's starting yeah. six to eight games, you're kind of in trouble here. Yeah, I mean, Miami had an excellent offense, and he was able to do jack squat with it. And then Cooper Rush, I just don't – I wanted to include him there, but I just – I haven't seen enough from him. Yep. So he's he's not there. I also really wanted to include Colt McCoy because I feel like he's a really good yeah. backup quarterback, but he, health is an issue. He can yep. never stay healthy for a long period of time. So – those guys initially wanted to include in it, but I just couldn't for those reasons. Yeah, I'm with you there. I do like those names. So I had one, two, three, four, five, six of those guys on mine. So I, this tier for me is kind of big. I have 14 guys here. Um, and part of that is it, it probably bleeds into your tier on like, I don't know what this guy is right now. Because I have some guys that were starters this year that I'm just automatically relegating. And, and for most okay. of them... I'm okay if they ended up still being a starter, right? So Mm -hmm. I have of your guys in here that I have also, I have Heineke, 
I have Tyrod Taylor. I have Jacoby Brissett. I have Gardner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, and yeah, we'll count Mitch Trubisky. Some guys you didn't name, or that you 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 named Teddy Bridgewater. I did put him in here, but I do think you're right. I think we're getting to the point where it's like, all right, how how good of a backup quarterback is, is he? Truly, still that guy, um, or not? Seven and seven in in Denver in 2021. So you know, that gives me just enough hope. But if I don't know where he's going to be this year, he's one of those free agents. If he goes somewhere else where there's a young guy and we actually see him play a few games, I think that'll determine which way we go. But I'm fine dropping him a tier if, if you want. Some other names I had, I had Matt Ryan in here because, again, I don't know what's going to happen with him. But if he says, okay, I'm now a backup, yeah, I'd feel pretty good about that. I'd go sign yeah. Matt Ryan to be my backup. I put Jameis Winston in here, even though I think he's going to be a starter. And I think I think the Saints should just you know uh, eat their vegetables and just let him start because I don't <laughs> – understand their cap situation and how they're going to go get Derek Carr. I just, I don't, I know the cap is able, you're able to manipulate it. I don't know how you get Derek Carr. I just don't know how you do it because the most you can save by cutting James Winston is like four and a half million bucks or something like that. Yeah. And that still puts him at like negative 50 uh, in the cap. So because of that, I put him here because this is where he would be in a different contract situation. I just don't know what to do with him. I think the Saints should just let him start and, and, take their lumps for a year. I put Davis Mills and Sam Darnold here um, as guys who were starters this year and are probably getting relegated for rookies. Davis Mills is under contract, so he's going to be there. Um, and I think he's just going to be the backup in Houston. Sam Darnold is under contract. Uh, let's see. I wrote in my contract section here. What they can do? Oh no, I didn't even include that because I kind of forgot. Uh, Sam Darnold existed, um, <laughs> but I, I think I I don't see him staying in Carolina. Uh, let me do some quick research here on his contract and what he's got going on. If he were to be released, um, non guaranteed, so he's probably just going to get cut and, and end right. up somewhere. So that would be a top tier guy for me. Then if I can go get Sam Darnold to be my backup. I think I can build some kind of offense around that. You got, you have some Sam Darnold thoughts. Uh, not just Sam Darnold. I just want to say like, cause a lot of the names that you're saying I have in like that veteran sub tier of my unknown where yeah. it's Davis Mills, it's Jameis Winston. I also have Drew Locke, uh, Zach Wilson, Baker, Sam Darnold, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. That's those are all the veterans I have because it's like, okay, what now? Like right. what, 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 where do I go? What do I do? Like, am I still a starter? Like, yeah, most likely not. But like, am I even a backup? Do I want to be a backup? I'm not hundred percent sure. Right. Like they, Jameis, they he doesn't want to be, be a backup. in this tier for you, but you're taking into account, are they mentally ready to move into that backup stage? So they're right. often a subsection tier of this. I think that makes a lot of sense. Some right. other guys I named in this, some younger guys, uh, I have Mike White in here. Uh, I have Brock Purdy in here. I don't know how, what your Brock Purdy thoughts. I have PJ Walker in here. PJ Walker mm. is Carolina's version of Taylor Heineke for me with Washington, where it's like, that's the guy you should resign. You should resign him, make him your backup for whoever your young guy is going to be. And then if that young guy needs to get benched, you have this guy who's had some success. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in Carolina now with, with the coaching change. I don't know what they're, if right, because he, because that was also, I was thinking about PJ Walker more when I thought they were going to get a veteran, but then they hired my uh, Frank Reich. You know, they're going to go get a young guy. Um, so maybe that's not the fit. 
But I think in general, PJ Walker is a guy as a young flyer that I'd be interested in bringing in because he looked pretty good in those couple starts. Um, so all in all, I'll just run through the names real quick again. I have 14 names. It's basically a combination of two tiers uh, on your list. Matt Ryan, James Winston, Davis Mills, Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, Brock Purdy, who is a backup, by the way, everybody. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, Mike White, Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, Garner Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Mitch Trubisky. Um, did you have any other Brock Purdy thoughts? That's the only other guy I want, I want to get your take on. So he's in my like young guy unknown. Okay. Really? But he's because... on your backup list. He's not yes. pencil in starter, Hall of Famer, uh, Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback. No, but he's, I'm lumping him in and we got to talk about it eventually. I'm lumping him in with like the Jordan Love, Trey Lance, um, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. I'm lumping yeah. him into that category there because, you know, he's played more than those other guys, but seven, eight games is not a, big sample size for especially for a seventh rounder who maybe just got lucky we don't really know (laughs) so i want to i think we all want to see more but it's just kind of like one of those like okay we can't like we'd like to trust that that that's going to continue that that kind of production is going to continue but what happens when you're missing three starters on the offensive line what happens when you're missing debo and brandon Ayuk, or you're missing george kittle Or what if your running game isn't working? Then what? You know, like, I don't feel like we've seen, and I think I did, I mentioned this on uh, one of our episodes with Ben during during the playoffs. I don't think Brock Purdy's ever trailed by more than 10 points, like, ever. Like, especially, I think it was, like, against the Raiders, and they ended up taking them to overtime. But, like, he's never faced really adversity much at all in his pro career. So I, I need to see what happens when he throws a couple interceptions. What happens when, like, the defense is letting them down? I need to see that. Yeah. Yep. I, I have him here. I, I talked about it with Ronan a couple weeks ago on this show and, and the when we did our starting quarterback prediction podcast. And I said, I think now this was, I think, before the Brock Purdy injury and then trying to figure out that. Do you walk into to camp with two quarterbacks coming off of injury? But my thing was, you just let Jimmy G go. You don't worry about any vets. You walk into camp with Brock Purdy and, and Trey Lance and you say, have at it, young guns. One of you is going to be the starter. One of you is going to be the backup, and, and that's it. So I, I think in that situation, in terms of week one, just because of the investment, Trey Lance comes out on top. But I am completely open to the idea that Brock Purdy beats him in camp. But just based on that projection that I have, I have Brock Purdy on this list. But he's in my tier one. Like, hey, seven, eight games, and you are awesome, and you're on the 49ers, and you're under contract. Heck yeah, man! You're you're uh, yeah. you. There's not many situations Kyle Shanahan would feel better about um, in terms of his backup quarterback than Brock Purdy. So he's in tier one for me. Let's go to your tier two, which we basically have labeled the same thing. It's your good backup. This is a quintessential backup quarterback. Handful of games, go five hundred. You can feel okay about. So I have no none of these in like any particular order. So you know, don't like because I have uh, Kyle Allen. Cooper Rush, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Cole McCoy, uh, uh, Joe Flacco, Blaine Gabbert. I kind of wanted to put him in my why are you still here tier, but I feel like under the right system, he's decently effective. So, you know, for a spot start, I feel like he'd be okay. But I really wanted to put him in there just because, you know, memes. Um, Trevor Simeon, Mason Rudolph. I don't know how you feel about that one, but I feel like he's good enough to be in that tier. 
Um, and then Jarrett Stidham, you know, we saw him fill in for Derek Carr at the end of the year, and I feel like he showed enough to warrant being like a primary backup instead of a third stringer. Yeah, I have Stidham on this list too. We had five names overlapping here. I have Colt McCoy here. I have Joe Flacco. Um, I have Cooper Rush. I have Jared Stidham. I have Case Keenum. You're 100% right on Cooper Cush. You said earlier, Cooper Cush, Cooper Rush, you said <laughs> earlier, like, yeah, it was good and it was fun, but we just didn't see a lot. And I think that's perfect. I think that means you are a good backup. I'm not sitting here debating if someone should sign Cooper Rush, bring him to camp, see if he can be the starter, right? All these other guys I've thought that about at some point at least, or all the guys I mentioned in tier one, these mm. guys, nope, bring him in. He's a backup. That's great. Um, you had some names that I put in my meh tier, right? And, and we'll get to that. But like Mason Rudolph is in my meh tier. I've watched him up close for a long time. Uh, Trevor Simeon is in that yeah. tier. But again, there's not much difference between meh and good backup. I'm just kind of indifferent at this point. Some right. names I have here, and and I think I'll see where they kind of trail off for you. Like like you, I don't have um a specific order for any of these. I have Bailey Zappi here. Like I said, fourth round pick on a productive quarterback who can run your offense. Not that the Patriots had a real offense last year, but um, <laughs> you 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 see things that you like, right? I think he's basically JV Brock Purdy and Taylor Heineke, right? He's in that mold. Yeah. Um, Nick Foles I have here because I think he is a good backup and and has been obviously won a Super Bowl as a backup. And um, I, I think in a normal situation, unlike what we saw with him in the Colts, if he just walks in as your number two, I think it'd be very much like Joe Flacco over the last few years. Um, let's see. I have Marcus Mariota here. Uh, you had him, I think one tier above, right? You had him in that bridge mm -hmm. in that bridge yeah. tier. I think for me, and, and I did debate this because we saw him in that bridge role with the Falcons. And mm -hmm. while the on-field product wasn't that bad, you know, it was very run focused, even on his standpoint, they didn't really trust him to throw. And then they basically, mutually agreed to to not see each other for the rest of the season <laughs> at one point. Uh, 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 Marcus Mariota, his wife had had a child at some point towards the end of the season. He, they, everybody took that opportunity for him to basically leave the team. Um, so now I think based on that, for me, he's squarely in this good backup tier where just like with the Raiders, I think he can make another five to seven year career out of, okay, I'm just going to go somewhere and be a good number two. Um, some other name I had Andy Dalton in this tier who you had a tier above. I think we saw with the Saints, the kind of offense that he ran wasn't that great, but it wasn't so terrible that I wouldn't say, Yeah, come on in, be my backup like you were in Dallas for that year. Uh I put Chase Daniel here because that is a quintessential backup archetype for yeah. me. Probably just not enough on field production, and he's old for you. So he's somewhere in the I would guess, what are you still doing here tier? Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. and then the last name I have here, I have Josh Dobbs. I have, mm. and I'll admit the bias. I, I'm saying it right now. I've loved Josh Dobbs since the moment the Steelers drafted him. Uh, I thought he was given a raw deal with Mason Rudolph being drafted the year right after him. Um, the fact that the Steelers traded him to Jacksonville for, I think, a fourth round pick and then signed him back one year later uh, was like the greatest football NFL transaction move of my lifetime. Like, no, nothing has been better than that. Um, <laughs> it was awesome seeing him play decently well for the Titans and try to keep them in, in a playoff position. And I hope he's the backup for the Steelers this year. I hope, you know, Mitch Trubisky, if they cut him, they save $8 bucks. 
go get Josh Dobbs for Josh Dobbs for three. He knows a lot of those people still. And if you can actually look him in the eyes and say, you're the backup now, I think he would like that. Um, so I have him in this good backup tier. Uh, any any of those names that you want to hit on, the, the guys we had different from each other, Bailey Zappi, Nick Foles, Mariota, Andy Dalton, Josh Dobbs, Chase Daniel. Um, Chase Daniel's in my, what are you still doing here tier? You know, just like, I mean, he's made $41 million for, I think, throwing a total of like under, I think he's thrown under 50 NFL passes. <laughs> so to me, that's just, he's getting a million dollars, basically a pass. So that's just kind of hilarious to me. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to disagree with anything that you said. I mean, I, I, you know, I respect your points. I agree with half of them, but Josh Dobbs, I just think he's too limited even as a backup. Um, I, I understand like, you know, cause I'm the same way with Taylor Heineke as you are about Josh Dobbs. So I, I totally get it. You know, we fall in love with the, with the backups and, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. He's, he's done some good things, but I just don't see him as, if if he's my choice of like good backups, he's like on the bottom of that list for me. Yeah, yeah. If if I had my my druthers right, and and all these guys were available on a two year ten million dollar contract, right? If everything else was equal, yeah, he would he would be on the the lower end of this. Um, if I was using a good non biased brain, if I'm using my biased brain, I'm taking him above <laughs> anybody in any of these tiers. He's perfect. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think he. And like we've been saying, depends on the offense, the team situation, all of that. Mm. But I think in a vacuum, as we get into these lower tiers on my list and these weird tiers on on your list, um, he is much closer to these guys than he is to some of these other guys. So let's get into your next tier. What, what do you what do you have next? Uh, these are the why are you still here guys? Um, like the guys that are just. They they tr- they tried they failed and they're like you know what I'm just gonna be a backup sit on the bench for you know the majority of my life and then there's just some guys too where it's like how are you in the NFL dude like you're just not good when you step on the field um, I gotta say first uh, Nathan Peterman how this dude is still in the NFL I just do not understand um, I didn't even rank him I didn't even put him on here he's outside it, my top forty <laughs> oh I went more than forty. But um, <laughs> we, you never asked me how many. And I'm, I know I, I was I scared too. Count. I was afraid. I didn't even count, dude. <laughs> um, Mike Glennon, he wasn't on a team for very long this season, but he was on the Dolphins at some point this season. And I just like, Mike I, like I, Mike Glennon, dude, like um, Glennon. Josh Johnson. We talked about him earlier. He's been on like 13 NFL teams and I have a soft spot for him because he was in Washington. He, Almost yeah. took us to the playoffs, but and it was exciting. But the dude throws; he has a strong arm, but he has no touch whatsoever. He throws it a hundred miles an hour every time he drops back and throws the ball. His pocket awareness is trash, but he has, you know, good enough legs. But like, why are you here? Go, go back to the XFL, be the MVP, know your role, dude. Um, Nick Foles, if he's not in an Eagles uniform, he sucks. That's it. He's throwing more interceptions than he does touchdowns, and he's not that dynamic. He's a statue. We're going away from that style. I don't get it. Um, Chase Daniel, like I said, he's getting a million dollars a pass mm-hmm. here. Um, so, I, like, I, he's making a, a hell of a living doing nothing, but, you know, and I don't blame him at all. But at the same time, it's like you 
can't really trust him if he has to go into a game for or has to fill in for a prolonged period of time. And then Matt Barkley, he, I feel like he's been in the league yeah. forever. <laughs> he, he's been in the league for a long time, like, and he does not get much playing time at all and probably never will. Thankful for that team to not give him much playing time. Like, I feel like he's been in the league for like 12 years now at this point. It's something yep, crazy. Yep, 2013. So, and good then, Lord. But, and there's been some years where he wasn't even in the league since then. Yeah, dude. And it's funny because before we started recording, I was like, man, isn't it weird that we think 2013 was like not that long ago? Yeah, yeah that's exactly Yep, yep. But yeah, that's my uh, why are you still here? How are you still here tier? This is a lot of my meh tier, my 3B. So I have Matt Barkley in that tier. I have Blaine Gabbard, who you kind of mentioned, like borderline yeah, good backup, yeah. borderline something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Brandon Allen in this tier. He's the Bengals backup. Also a guy that has had a nice game against the Steelers. Uh, right. I, think, I forget if it was 2020 or 2021. Mason Rudolph is here for me. Um, anyways, Mason Rudolph. Um, yep. <laughs> your list was great because there were five guys that I didn't even rank in here. Matt Barkley is the guy I specifically wanted to talk about because – it really feels like he was coming out of USC like yesterday. Yeah. And he was – when he going into his last year at USC, it was like supposed to be this next big thing, yada, yada. Ends up being a fourth-round pick, and now he's now been in the NFL for technically just six professional seasons, but he's been doing some other <laughs> stuff since then. Um, I was really hoping because of their, their punter fiasco at the beginning of the season, he punted that first game of the season for the Bills this year. And I was really hoping he was going to find this new career and be like a 10-year punter. Um, and it, it obviously did not happen. Uh, so, yes, I have oh, him in this match here. I have a few other names that we need to discuss in this tier, though, uh, okay. that, that you have mentioned. Trevor Simeon, you mentioned earlier. I have him in this tier. Um, I have Nick Mullins here. He was the backup in, I think, Minnesota this year. Uh, he he was borderline in that interesting young guy tier for me for a second, but he's I think he's 28 now actually, which is oh, older dang. than I would put in that interesting young guy tier. Again, yeah, just like wow, these guys are older than we think. Um, two names I have here. You can pick which one you want to talk about first. I have Carson Wentz here, and I have Zach Wilson here. Take it, take it wherever you want. Again, I didn't make it just like I have no idea tier. This is just my meh. Yeah, go in either way with any of those guys. I'll be honest. If Carson Wentz, I wouldn't even sign as a backup. Like if I'm a team, I'm not even looking at him to, you know, to, to do that. The only reason I would sign Carson Wentz is if I am hopeful that I can somehow turn his butt around because my starting quarterback got injured in training camp or, you know, he got injured in week one or week two and I need a competent quarterback to somehow steady the ship and all the, all the good quarterbacks are gone. Like the good backups at least. Um, And I don't have a really, you know, my practice squad is an undrafted guy out of like, you know, an FBS school or something like that. Um, This year's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Where it's like, you know what? I have no other option here. I gotta turn to him, and maybe he can. And he can have some splash games every once in a while. But you know, the turnovers, like you said, that's kind of a paramount thing with backups is to not doing. Um, that's the thing for me. Pension if, for that. If this guy comes into the game, I'm not confident that this ball isn't going to get 
fumbled, intercepted, whatever. Right. So that would be the only circumstances I would sign uh, Carson Wentz. Zach Wilson is an interesting case for me because I think there is something there. I've always liked his talent. I just never saw it, you know, coming out of coming out of BYU. I'm like, I just don't see it with this dude. Like his ego, his his, you know, just the way he he the way he plays bothers me. And it's Patrick Mahomes esque, but he's not Pat Mahomes. So like, you know, it's it's like a mixture of Mahomes Wilson to a sense where like he just improvises too much. It's like, dude, just stick to the plan. Like you're you're good, but you're not that good. So I feel like a good situation for him, and I don't want to jump ahead, but just feel like a good situation for him would be a where there's a clear quarterback already established, where it's like go back up Kirk Cousins, go back up Dak, go back up a Derek Carr, go back up Pat Mahomes, go back up. Uh, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen just sit behind this guy learn from him see how it's done see how this team player leads a locker room because you know you're not playing with these guys in front of you like just go be their backup eat some humble pie for a couple years and then maybe you'll get a chance at some point if the guy gets injured or you know maybe maybe he does prove himself in practice and in the locker room but I feel like a situation like that where he has absolutely zero chance of playing for the next couple of years is what's best for him. Yeah, I think that makes a, that's a really good point. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm on over the cap, just kind of flipping through a double check because there's no way they can cut him with, with the dead cap that would be hit on the signing bonus of a second overall pick. Um, a trade is the only thing that makes sense, and it would even have to be late in the summer, post 6-1. So that would be a team that is just like, yeah, I'll take a chance and see if he can be a backup. I think that makes a lot of sense. Robertson, take us into your next tier and and potentially, I guess, final tier. We've hit a lot of these weird old guys, so what, what do you got next? Right, so this is – okay, so I'll break this up into kind of uh, sub-tiers, sort of. So – the unknown, I've talked about it. I've mentioned it a couple times already. I already have my veteran sub-tier that I've that I've mentioned. I sort of alluded to this one where it's like the young guys that we don't really know about yet. Jordan Love, they have to pick up Packers have to pick up his fifth year option, which I think is crazy. He hasn't really paid played much at all. Um Fortniters are headed to a similar situation with Trey Lance, who's also on this list. Brock Purdy, as I mentioned earlier, uh Sam Howell, Mike White, uh Desmond Ritter. I have Bailey Zappi here because I think he he has potential there. Right now he's a good backup, but I think he has potential to move up. So that's why I have him in. Like we don't really know what exactly he is yet. Um, Malik Willis, Kyle Trask, and Matt Corral. That's who I have in my unknown. And then the young and hopeful tier that I have. It's pretty much everybody else. You know that that is third stringers that which are there's hardly any. Uh, you know, veterans at that point and you know, that third string practice squad. Also, I'm including all of the upcoming rookies, excluding yeah. Young, Stroud, Levis, potentially Richardson. Um, all all other rookie quarterbacks that are coming, they're going to be in this young and hopeful tier because, I mean, guys like Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Will Greer, Trace McSorley, Kellen Mond, we thought he was going to be like you know mm-hmm. a great mm-hmm. a great prototypical quarterback because he had all the tools. He might be out of the NFL by this time next season. 
Um, I have Nick Mullins here, um, Bryce Perkins, Brett Rippon, Easton Stick, you know, just all these guys. I have PJ Walker here. I, I don't see it with him. I understand that he's, you yeah. know, he, he had a good run earlier this season. I need to see more for him. I'd love to put him up here. And that's the thing with this tier. They're not the worst quarterbacks. We just don't know really much about them yet. Um, they could be terrible. We don't know. They could be great. We, we really don't know. Yeah. I, other than Trace McSorley, I just think he's just that bad. But um, yeah, I have Brandon Allen here too. Um, Skylar Thompson. He's old. He's sneaky old. Brandon he Allen is old. <laughs> yeah, like he's in his thirties now, isn't he? Uh, oh wait, hang on, hang. On. Yeah, he's thirty, and yeah, it's his fourth year. Um, in yeah. the league, he's played a combined eight. 14, 15 games in four years, but he came in as a 27-year-old. And he was drafted as a 27 I got to look more into what this guy was doing before. So, yeah, when he came in for that Steeler game, which I believe was in, yeah, 2020, because that was the year, yeah. or was it 20? Anyways, whenever he came in, I was like, who's this goofy guy? Yeah, he's 30. Yeah, Brandon Allen. But, yeah, and young he guy. And he didn't play bad. It's just, you know, you don't want him as your primary backup, I wouldn't assume. I don't know what. I think the Bengals have him as their primary backup, but I yeah, mean, he has been, but he's a free agent now. So we'll see what they do next. Yeah. I heck, I mean, I'd like to see some, some certain backups there, maybe a, a return of Andy Dalton back there. That'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I got like Bryce Perkins, CJ Bethard, uh, Nate Sudfeld, uh, Brett Rippon, uh, Skylar Thompson. He, he got the, got the dolphins to the playoffs. Um, you know, these are just guys that they're just hoping for a chance. They're hoping for, you know, for, for a chance to, for them to prove themselves on the field. Cause you know, training camp now is kind of a joke, um, in terms of physicality and how, how it's run and all of that. And preseason is also kind of the, the similar situation. Yeah. They can play really well, but no one's really going to care <laughs> unless you're the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. Um, so it's, this is always like my saddest tier right here because like, I feel like some of these guys could have been really good NFL quarterbacks. Not yeah. necessarily this list, but like in the past, like some of these dudes could yeah. have been really good NFL quarterbacks and they just never got a chance. So this is my young and hopeful tier. I like it. Yeah, I, I pretty much just had one young guy tier and I grouped them all together, um, but but it's, it's not quite as many names. I have Kellen Mond on here just because he's technically the – only other quarterback that's under contract right now in Cleveland. Uh, Brissett is a free agent. Dobbs was there for a chunk of the season as the number three. Mond being waived by the Vikings and, and claimed off waivers by the Browns was kind of sneaky under the radar. But like you said, we we thought he was going to be the, the day two quarterback kind of steal, right? And then Kirk Cousins just kept getting one-year contracts and it just, you know, uh, couldn't stick around as a backup for whatever reason. Um but, you know, so I, I put him in here. I have Kyle Trask. I have Sam Ellinger, who I, I don't see it with. But I think he's going to be that Colts. We're going to draft a young guy, and we're just going to stick it out with Ellinger. And we're going to, you know, because their cap situation is terrible. So he's kind of the Bailey Zappi young guy on a rookie deal, late round pick. I have Skylar Thompson in here, similar situation. I think he's just going to stick around in Miami. Uh, Malik Willis I have in here. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't, you know, we have, we're, we're having all the reports now that the Jets might be after Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't see Malik Willis being a starter in year two in the NFL, especially for Mike Vrabel, Vrabel who didn't seem that interested in playing him this uh, past season, but he's in here. 
Drew Locke and Brett Rippian are, are two guys that I have in here as free agents where it's like, okay, could a team looking at a young guy, needing a young guy, take take a chance and see what these guys could look like in a preseason. Um, I didn't even technically rank him because, again, I think he's going to be a third stringer this year, but I did write in Matt Corral um, just because, you know, and he was in that quarterback group in last year's draft. He's the only one that we don't really know what's going to go on, but they're going to go after a rookie again this year. I expect them to get a veteran as a backup now. So so what is Matt Corral to Carolina? What is he in the NFL? We'll see, but I didn't rank him just because I don't think he's going to be a backup in the NFL this season. Uh, and then, like you said, all the, all the rookies are going to come in to, to this section. Uh, obviously, Young and Stroud and, and Levis are all probably going to be starters this season. Uh, Richardson, I think, is a great fit for this standpoint. I think he's going to be a backup for a year or two. And then anybody else, really, that comes in, into the league this this season is going to be an interesting young guy. Um I think that's I think that's everything in terms of tiers and, and kind of a loose ranking and you know just just seeing where where these guys kind of end up uh, becoming and and what they end up doing and you know there's there's a lot of free agents man I mean there I think I have twenty names here that are legitimate or or just about legitimate backup quarterbacks that are all free agents and that doesn't include the young guys coming in I have twelve guys under contract. Um, and just the what do we do with these weird veteran guys i guess the last thing before we wrap is you know i want to do some predictions you know it, it can be some of these bigger guys it can be some of these smaller guys maybe just give me maybe just give me like three dream predictions where would you like to see a couple of these free agents um end up being being to be the backup quarterback next season um well my commanders, they they need they need some quarterback help, whether that's a bridge quarterback or just a solid backup to kind of mentor Hal, which I'm not really buying the Hal is gonna be our starter, you know, this season. But if we're if we're going on that, then I'd like to see a guy like Gardner Minshew, uh Andy Dalton, uh Jacoby Brissett. If we don't retain T- Taylor Heineke, I'd love to see one of those guys step in and really push Hal. So that's just so that's my bias, like you know, picks for for backups there. Um, I would like to see, kind of like how I mentioned earlier, I would like to see like a a a, a reunion with Andy Dalton uh, in Cincinnati as uh, Joe Burrow's backup. That doesn't really make much sense though, given that other than that kind of freak injury his rookie year, Joe Burrow is is pretty steady, pretty mm-hmm. healthy. Um, but hey, I mean, look at. Look at the the Super Bowl teams this year. They both had very very good backups. And should Joe Burrow get in, get injured, you need somebody to step up. And I dare say Brandon Allen would not do much in terms of that. But Andy Dalton with that kind of uh, with that kind of offense that they have, he would he would do really well. Um, I also wouldn't mind seeing uh, a young guy replace Chad Henney, like a, like a Sam Darnold, like a Zach Wilson, um, mm-hmm. you know, or a Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Imagine Taylor Heineke with Andy <laughs> Reid. Like how fun that would be, honestly. Uh, um, or I could see wherever Jimmy G goes, Taylor Heineke, I think, should follow because you know he gets he has a penchant for getting injured, and you know yeah. it might be a good fit there. So those are a couple uh, guys and destinations I'd like to see. Cooper Rush, I have no idea where he's going to go. I could see him maybe going to uh, Arizona because I think Kyler's going to be out for like the first six to eight weeks of the season and that might be tryout number two for him um 
or you know for another guy like a Matt Ryan if he's still looking for playing time Joe Flacco maybe you know that that would be a, an interesting situation there knowing that you have those first six to eight weeks open yeah I think that makes a lot of sense I in my um in the in the starting quarterback prediction pod I had Baker Mayfield going to Arizona just to mm-hmm. kind of do what he did with the Rams right okay can I get and and who knows you never know what an ACL injury means anymore in terms of the recovery time especially based on the time of year but assuming it's going to be at least four to five games for Kyler Murray if not longer I was I was initially thinking you know most of the season and then by then this Cardinals team what do they look like does he even come back at all this season or next season but it sounds like that that's not necessarily going to be the case um so I had Baker going there I think I think some matchups I would like I mean, obviously, I've mentioned Josh Dobbs to Pittsburgh. I've talked about I like Heineke going back to Washington. Yes. Because like you, I don't know fully if the Sam Howell thing is going to happen. Now, the fact that they're still saying it this late, uh, I I mean, it's only February, but the fact that they've stuck to it for over a month makes me feel like, man, they might really go for it. And in which case, just Heineke, who knows this team and and all of that, um, I think makes sense. I'd like to see, I think now that Frank Reich is in, Carolina I think Jacoby Brissett going to Carolina I would like to see he he went yes. to NC State he played for Reich um in in for Indianapolis for three seasons 18 19 and 20 was a starter for one of those years and I think he's a guy that you would like to have with a rookie quarterback um so I think that's a big one for me going through through these other names um no one else really screams at me Probably one, I mean, again, for San Francisco, I said those two young guys should be the two. I guess if, you know, uh, Joe Flacco wants to go be kind of a 2.5 again or, or a three, you know, him going to San Francisco might be interesting. Uh, can one of these guys go to Chicago and, and be a veteran for Justin Fields? Obviously not Nick Foles, but but somebody else maybe who's a, who's a little more mobile. Um Mike White, I want to see go somewhere where he could actually have a chance to play. So maybe Mike White to like, Atlanta or something not that he could run that offense but just a chance where he might have an opportunity and then last one Nick Foles uh he said he he was on I think he was on Radio Row before the Super Bowl and they asked you know hey are you rooting for Philly are you talking to any of those guys and he's like oh man I really hope Philly wins blah blah blah. I, I still love Philadelphia um as he should they love him so so much obviously um he was like I would love to retire an eagle whenever it's time to hang it up and it was kind of implied like whether that means I'm there for a year or, or a one day contract kind of deal. Now that would obviously be a test of, can you have a whole new system for a whole new guy? Cause like you've said on here, that man is a statue. He's the complete opposite of a Jalen hurts at this point. So could you almost have two offenses? I kind of doubt it with the way that team plays, but that would still be interesting if he made his way back there as a, as a number three or something. But, um, you know, maybe PJ Walker goes somewhere. That would be fun. But uh, I think I think those would be my big. I think I think Jacoby Brissett outside of Josh Dobbs would be my big one. I want to see him go to Carolina. Uh, anything else from these guys for you? I think Tyler Huntley to Philly would be very interesting if he doesn't stay mm-hmm. in Baltimore. I think that mm-hmm. would be a very interesting fit because it's yeah. Tyler Huntley is more of a runner than a passer. But depending on who the I think the Eagles lost their OC. Yep. Yep, Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen was just yeah. signed he's, by the the Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, depending on what system they decide to run, I would can't imagine it's two 
different than what they ran this year. Yeah, and it's still Sirianni's system, I believe, yeah. over there. And Steichen just became the play caller this year. So I think they'll probably run the exact same stuff. So I think that's a great call. Yeah, I think Tyler Huntley would be great there. Um, gosh, who else was I going to mention there? Maybe Drew Locke to one of these mobile QB places, whether it's Philly or, or somewhere else. Just He's got some mobility to him, um, so that might be another one. Oh, I wanted to mention this one. Joe Flacco to Miami. That would be really interesting yeah. to me. The backup yeah. Tua, if Tua's kind of like, you know, still maybe in and out or, you know, not sure. I mean, th- his family came out and said, yeah, he's still playing football and Miami's mm-hmm. great. We don't want to leave. I'm not buying that personally, but um, Joe Flacco there with those weapons, if yeah. Tua goes out, He'll throw I know he's deep. a statue. We know that. I know he's a statue, but they have a decent offensive line and – I would I would love to see Joe Flacco on that on that team just as you know collecting a paycheck and you know if if he doesn't play hey I'm in Miami dude you know I'm not in New York <laughs> freezing my right. butt off right he's got in old Miami. bones man he's got to go warm up a little bit yeah exactly awesome yeah I think those are some good ones it'll be fun to see any way we can make the offseason more interesting so you know you everybody out there you look for your your top pass rushers, your Aaron Rodgers, your your top receivers, and and all those guys, uh, just to add some to your list. See where all these backup quarterbacks end up. Make make everything a little bit more fun. Robinson, uh, anything else for you on, on backup quarterbacks or anything before we get out of here for the night? No, man, it's been fun. I've I've really enjoyed this. Actually, I didn't think I'd enjoy talking about backup quarterbacks so much, but man, this has been a blast. So thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely man thank you so much and and anytime we can take a random niche topic and make sub tiers out of it every time you said the word sub tiers i was like this is peak simon short podcast man we sub tier anything we can over here so i i love it uh for a quick minute go ahead and plug tell us about odds on favorite yep uh go find us at odds on favorite on twitter and then go listen to our podcast so you're done listening to this one um and football, fan of football podcast as well. Um, you can catch it anywhere, Apple, Spotify, um, you know, Amazon, anywhere you can listen to your podcast, you can get it, you can listen to it. So um, we are going to be having some off season stuff that you might want to pay attention to. So just kind of stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Yep. I can vouch for it. I love the pod. Uh, if you listen to this, you've heard Ben's voice a ton of times. You've heard Robertson, obviously, a ton of times now. Um, go check those guys out on Odds on Favorite. Uh, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Simon Short Podcast. Make sure you are subscribing, rating, reviewing. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Get all the updates. Um, we're going to start branching out now that the NFL season is over, but still going to have plenty of NFL offseason content here coming at you on the Simon Short Podcast. So everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much. And as always, have fun and be safe out there.